This is Jamie Newberg with The Athletic, and you are listening to the Rangers Nation podcast. Hey, this is Joe Palumbo of the Texas Rangers. You are listening to the Rangers Nation podcast and the Recliner Nerd. Welcome to Rangers Nation podcast, talking all things Texas Rangers. Rangers Nation podcast is a part of Dallas Sports Nation, providing coverage of all your DFW sports teams. Now, here's your host, Texas Rangers blogger, the Recliner Nerd. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to Rangers Nation's podcast. I am your host, the Recliner Nerd, and today's episode is We Need Baseball. Yeah, look, we need baseball. A lot of things going on, a lot of things in the world going on, and you know what? We're going to touch on all of that. We need baseball, but what we need is sports, too. But I just say for me personally, it's baseball. And we're going to get to all of that right after this. This is Tim Dillard with the Texas Rangers, and you're listening to the Rangers Nation podcast. That's it. This is Sheridan Apostle from the Texas Rangers, and you're listening to Rangers Nation podcast. All right, and thank you, everybody. Welcome to Rangers Nation's podcast. Today's episode is We Need Baseball. Truthfully, guys, we need sports, and baseball is the one that can kick all this off. And we really need these two sides to come together. But this isn't just about baseball. This isn't just about sports. We're going to get personal. We're going to get real here. Um, our world right now is in turmoil. We're split up. Um, we've got all kinds of movements going both ways. And through all of that, um, there's people that, that are arguing back and forth, pe- uh, people that get into arguments and fight about things that they never recover from and don't come back and you lose friends. And, uh, and my eyes have been opened tremendously in, in light of the George Floyd situation. And I wanted to touch on that a little bit, get into that, um, and, and, and talk about why we need sports to get back and why, why we need sports to get going again. And, and we need it. Look, you know, in all the, all the world and all the time that we've ever, you know, for anybody that's into any sports, and look, I say we need baseball. Um, that's me. I'm a nerd. I'm a baseball nerd. I love baseball. Um, I, I, I could, I watch every game one to nothing, uh, pitchers duels are, are thrilling to me, but it, it's not just baseball. You might be the biggest hockey fan in the world and, and we need hockey and you might be a football fan and we need football and you know, you're an NBA and you're a basketball fan and we need basketball and, and we need uh, premier league soccer. And we need cricket. If you're in the middle, you know, you're, you're over there on the other side of the world and cricket's huge and that's your thing. Um, maybe cornhole's the best thing in the world for you and you love to get up on early mornings and watch cornhole tournament. Whatever we need, we need to get back to it because arguing over sports is so much more fun than arguing over what we're all arguing over now. I think a lot of people's eyes were open. Mine were. Look, I don't try to. I don't talk politics. That's not my deal. I'm a baseball guy. I don't tell you. You know, I'll tell you where I lean one way or the other. I'm not a. Uh, I, I, I'm kind of a. Uh, uh, you know, there's a lot of good friends of mine who lean more to the left. Uh, I've got a lot of friends that lean more to the right. Um, I kind of walk the middle line there. I, I, at one time, I was really, really, really hard to the right kind of moved to the middle um, just in the fact that I, I don't want to lose friends over politics, and I'm not going to do it. Um, both sides, to me, make huge mistakes. Um, the, there's no one president that can cause the world to end or that's going to save the world. It's just not going to happen. The people in charge of Washington have just totally ruined that town for me, so I don't like any of them. I just wish government was out of everyone's life and we could move on and do it. That being said, um, 
I was a guy that was very pro-police, and I am still very, very pro-police. I totally believe in the in the police department. I totally believe in what is happening. Uh, you know that, that, that I, I try to see the better in every person, and like like in every sport, in every political belief, in everything that you believe. There's bad apples. There's good apples, and all of that. Um, anytime there's ever been a black man that has been shot by a white cop, my first, you know, or killed by a white police officer, my, my very first uh, response is always to go, everybody, before we light a fire and go crazy, let's all stop, let's get the facts, and let's try to realize what's happened. I don't just think cops go out trying to murder black men, and, and that's, that's the way I've always been. Then I watched the video of George Floyd. And it was a really eye-opening to me, and I've heard a lot of stories now from sports figures. Uh, I've, I've talked to a, a few myself, not, not sports figures, but some of my friends who are, are black Americans. And, uh, and you know, that, that video of George Floyd was one of the most disturbing things I ever did. And it got me to thinking this. It didn't get me to thinking, um, you know, okay, well, we got to disband police departments and get rid of police officers and fans and, you know, or, or, uh, police officers and police departments. But it really got me thinking about what, what is the police department, what are they being taught? I really need to know this. And uh, I, I want to know because I, I didn't understand when you have a guy in handcuffs saying, I can't breathe, I can't breathe, and I, I know that Mr. Floyd had apparently had some other issues with the law, um, and that's all, you know, you know, whatever, it happens. People have, I've got family members who have problems with the law. We all know people that have had problems with the law. You, 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 you know, and it doesn't matter if they knew that, that George Floyd had committed crimes before or whatever. The man was in handcuffs. The man was laying on his stomach. You had your knee completely pressed on his neck and he was trying to tell you that he couldn't breathe and you thought in your head somehow that eight minutes of your knee in his head on the back of his neck was making a point and I, I just looked at that and I was sickened and I thought to myself what are these guys what in the world possessed this guy to do that is he just a full-blown racist sure seems that way I don't know and I he's definitely you know what he definitely did was profile. Apparently he knew Mr. Floyd, so he profiled him when he went in there thinking Mr. Floyd was a bad guy because he'd been arrested before and, you know, or whatever. And, and so, but for whatever reason, he put his knee on the man's neck, suffocated him until he died, which, you know, first degree, second degree, third degree, whatever you want to call it, it was murder. And it was really disturbing to watch the other cops sitting there. Now, I'm, now, now here's where my pro cop comes in. They have been charged with, with something, uh, which is good. I'm also really, I, I like to look, one of them was an African-American police officer, one of them was Hispanic, and one of them was Asian, I think, or it could have been two white guys. I, I don't know for sure, but I've seen some of the pictures of them. I know one of the guys was Asian. I also don't know if, if the police officer that, is, that, that put his knee on, on Mr. Floyd's neck was he in charge? Did the other three not want to intervene or interfere? We all think as, as, as humans that if we see something like that happening, we're going to jump in the middle and protect and do that. But when it's like, it, it's, it's like people that are pro-gun rights and they love to have their, their pistols and if someone breaks in my house, you know, I'm going to defend my house. You know what? You're right. You obviously have a right to keep a firearm in your house. You obviously have a right to protect your home. But when... Uh, but when the when the rubber meets the road, are you really a guy that can pull a gun out 
aim it at somebody, shoot, and kill them. I mean, we don't know. We don't know until that situation comes. Um, I like to think I jump in the middle of a fight and try to protect some innocent person getting beat up or whatever, and then when you get there, do you freeze up? I don't know. This could happen. We don't know, folks. I mean, this is just reality. But I certainly think that that black men, young black men, get profiled. And I'm, my eyes are really opening to this now about that they do. They're getting profiled out there. And, yes, there are, you know, you go into certain neighborhoods, and they're higher crime neighborhoods, and they are predominantly minority or whatever. But police are going into it with the preconceived notion of bad things are happening, and, they're, and they tend to be overzealous, and something's happening. And I really think we've got to look at what's being taught, what tactics are being taught in the police academies and what's going on, because this is not acceptable. And, you know, once you have a guy in handcuffs, he can kick and scream and do whatever. He's not going to get far in handcuffs, um, you know. And why are we drawing our guns immediately unless you see a gun in the other man's hand? Why not a taser? You know, whatever. I mean, mistakes will be made, and I know mistakes will be made. And I just wonder about stuff like this, and it really, 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 really just drives me crazy in, 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 in trying to figure it out. So, you know, what's the answer? Um, I don't know, but i tell you one thing that I do. There, there, was, a, uh, there was a woman that I, I ran into on Twitter, and uh, I, I was, you know, Drew Brees came out and made the comment about the flag, uh, about it, you know, his both his grandfathers fought in World War II, and that he would, he didn't, you know, and, and it, it offended a lot of Black Americans that he said that, and they that they didn't know the history. Breeze did come out and apologize, and I'm a guy that says, hey, look, if somebody comes back out and they apologize for a situation and say, hey, look, I'm, I'm mistaken, I made a mistake here, let me let me try to correct it. I, I hope that we all can take Drew Brees. At, uh, Drew Brees is not a racist guy. I don't think so at all. And I think that, and look, I, I don't like Drew Brees because he's with the Saints, and I'm a Cowboy fan. That's why I don't like Drew Brees. That should be why you don't like Drew Brees. Um, if he's come out and apologized and said, hey, my words have been hurt or whatever, and he didn't truly realize what is where. Look, I would have I defended him up until I talked to this woman that I talked to. So, and her name was Angela, let me look it up here, Angela Madsen, Angela Madison, she is a, uh, I know that she's been on TV, she's, uh, she is a, she, she, I, I create, inspire, I create, inspired by how the arts, music, and sport transcend socioeconomic and ethnic divides, Shalom, is what she said, that says on her Twitter, uh, on her Twitter uh, profile, and, uh, and she commented back at me when I, I kind of asked about, uh, I, I put out there, I said, hey, why are, why are we, and I defended uh, Drew Brees, and I said, hey, you know what, look, he's not saying that he didn't believe in the cause of Colin Kaepernick, he was just saying that he still doesn't, you know, he respects the flag or whatever, she made a response, and I, you know what I did, instead of firing back at her firing at me, I said, Angela, could you, can you, can you explain why, <clears throat> And we went into a conversation back and forth. Now, this is a woman who I guarantee you is far to the left of me. She's a she's a just a wonderful. She's a black woman, a very uh, wonderful black American woman who fighting for social and you know injustices out there. And we had a great dialogue back and forth. And she just answered my questions. And at the end, I followed her and said, "You know what? Thank you for answering my questions." She made a point about um, you know whether you agree with Colin Kaepernick's 
thing or not. She said initially, and I did not know this, I, and, and if you go back and look, when, when Colin Kaepernick first did it, he sat out on the bench, um, and he just sat out for the – for the national anthem that draw a little attention and then he said he went to someone that was in the military or someone that was knew more flag etiquette or whatever that said hey you know what you don't you don't sit you can't sit that's disrespectful you take a knee and taking a knee during that gets your point across but it shows still a respect towards the flag if you're taking a knee rather than sitting out and like ignoring it and i didn't know this <clears throat> so I, I, you know, I, I I delved into it. There's nothing in the flag code that I looked up that talks about you can't kneel down during that or or whatever. Military have a different code of conduct. They have to face the flag um, at attention or salute. Um, you know, the national anthem is not a. It's not in flag code about national anthem. It doesn't say during the national anthem you're supposed to stand with your heart. Over, you know, with your hand, it talks about the Pledge of Allegiance. So if you're pledging allegiance to the flag, which we say to everyone, if you don't feel you want to pledge to the flag, don't pledge to the flag. Colin was not saying I'm disrespecting the flag. And look, I'm a I'm a guy that's probably way more right than Colin is. But what he was saying was, hey, uh, you know, it, it look, it, he made it a lot about himself in some in some circumstances. But what he what it, what I'm finding out is maybe he wasn't technically disrespecting the flag. Maybe what he was doing was it 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 focused on him. And when he said what he was doing it for. A lot of us get patriotic and think of, well, you're supposed to be standing there at attention, saluting and doing whatever to the flag. When it, when I think what it turns out, guys uh, and gals, I really think it turns out that what's worse is if you totally sit out and ignore the flag and just sit down and not have it. But if you bow to your knee and bow your head or do whatever, then maybe you're not necessarily disrespecting the flag. What you're saying is, because the national anthem isn't a... It isn't something that is talked about in the in the code uh, in in the in the in the flag code. You go look up flag code. And you can look at it, military and all the different ways of having to deal with that and and, and what flag code. And it, it was interesting. I wanted to know what flag code was. Was he totally just ripping the flag and disrespecting? I thought he was back when he did it. I have always said that the NFL is a private business, and if they said, hey, we don't want you, if you don't want to stand for the flag, if you don't want to be there, then just stand in the tunnel until it's over. That's the way my feeling was <clears throat> when we were getting into all of this back then. But my eyes were opened by Angela, and I really appreciated her saying it to me. And look, I, I, I you know, Colin kind of played his way out for that. I think if Colin was legitimately Tom Brady, and I don't say that as Tom Brady's white and Colin Kaepernick's, uh, you, you know, I think he's, he is African-American, but I think he's also, I think he might have a, a you know, he might be mixed uh, and have a white mom or black dad or vice versa. I, I think it's something like that. But in either case, he's definitely got African-American blood in him, and, and that's what he was standing up for. And I think that, and I'm not saying that if it were Tom Brady's talent versus, I, I was saying if Colin Kaepernick had the talent of Tom Brady, NFL teams would sign him in a heartbeat. Ka Kaepernick was a good quarterback, and he is a good quarterback. He led the 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 uh, uh, San Francisco Giants that year to the uh, the 49ers. Excuse me, the 49ers. He led them to the Super Bowl that year, and they got beat. Um, but 
you know, I, I, I've always kind of thought the headache that came with Colin and him not being a uh, one of the top elite quarterbacks in the league, like a like a you know the some of the top elite quarterbacks in the league, probably is what prevented him from coming back. And it's a shame because I'm looking at it now and and, and starting to maybe realize that you know what Colin may not a technically he totally believes far more social injustice things. My eyes are being more open to it now, but he's obviously probably politically a lot more left than I am. But, you know, maybe he wasn't just out there flipping the finger at the flag. Maybe he was just trying to to get draw attention to a cause that felt deep in his heart. And as we're seeing this going on, there is a lot of there there, there is a lot of eye opening things to say the least that go with it. So, and let me say this, there, you know, you can look at numbers and, the, and there are more white people that are killed by cops than black men that are killed by cops, but there's also a lot more white people in the United States than there are black people. And, and the, you know, so you, you have to take it all into consideration, but I, I can tell you one thing right now, whether, and, and, and I may lose you here or not, but I can tell you that black men getting pulled over by a police officer they have they they are get there is they are approached differently than we as white men are approached when it comes I mean every single black athlete has talked about a story getting pulled over and where the police were not giving them the benefit of the doubt for a, a bit and they were sitting there and they were they were much more thoroughly checking them out before now listen. <clears throat> I've been profiled before. Now you're gonna, you guys are gonna laugh at this and think, "Well, you're stupid. You don't know what you're talking about." It really happened, and I tell you, with what happened to me that day, if every time I got pulled over by a police officer, it felt like this, I would also be out protesting right now. Look, I'm a fat white guy, an old white guy. I was in Cedar Hill, Texas, um, and I was uh, what I do for a living. I'm not gonna tell you what I do for a living. I deal, you know, my I'm kind of self-employed in what I do and. I do investing and a bunch of different things, but I was coming from a property in DeSoto. I was coming back to Duncanville. I was going through Cedar Hill. Um, I took a right turn on a road uh, on Duncanville. It's called Duncanville Road. It goes all the way down into Cedar Hill, all the way down to, you know, through Beltline for those that are in the southwest Dallas area. When I turned on it, uh, I didn't see anything. I turned on it, and a police officer's sirens came up, whipped in behind me, pulled me over, I pulled over to the side of the road as soon as I saw him. I'm immediately thinking, did I did I run a red light? What did I just do? Did I turn right? I didn't stop. I was trying to figure out what I did. You know, why am I getting pulled over? He he got on his little speaker and said, put your hands on your steering wheel. And I put him up there. And I'd, I'd already rolled my window down. I put him up. And when the, when the officer got out, he had his gun un, unhinged. And he had his hand on it as he was walking up to the car. And he said, just keep your hands where I can see them. And I said, yes, sir. And I was like, what in the world is going on here? I mean, I was like, I, I was scared. And I said, oh, my gosh, what is going on? And as he walked up to the car, he looked at me, he read it, and he goes, hang on just a second. And he stepped away and he radioed to somebody. Then you saw him tap back up his 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 uh, his gun, walk back up, and he said, um, sir, I'm really sorry. We said we just had a... Uh, had a description of a car like yours that had gone in, and I think it was like a, it was either a Subway sandwich shop down the road or something. The guy came in, made, and it was a white guy that came in. He made some, he was driving a car that was described like yours. 
He made some threatening um, remarks and told him he had a gun or he had a gun or something to that effect. And he said, we, we thought your car was that car, but it turned out that the guy, uh, <laughs> which offended me, but the guy is, is probably, they, they described the guy as probably in his 30s or, uh, you know, in his 30s. And I was obviously in my 40s, close to 50. So I was a little offended at that. But any, in any case, he said, we, it's, it's obviously not you. He's also wearing a hat or something, and I wasn't wearing a hat. And he said, so just go on your way, and I apologize for that. Now, <clears throat> so w- when that happened to me, it scared me to death. It literally did. It scared me to death. And so I, all I could think at that point was I certainly pray and hope to God that, that if that's what's happening to black men that get pulled over all the time, you know, then, then they, they have a legitimate gripe. That's what I thought to myself right then. Well, now I think about that. I didn't think of it then. I'm sorry. I did not think of it then. I think of it now and say, if that's what they deal with every time, scared the crap out of me. And, you know, I was profiled for the right reason. The right reason for a police officer to profile me was that someone had described a car like mine, had described uh, a man that came in and made threatening violence to someone. And I could understand. But you know what else was the right thing they did? The way they released me. The way they said they apologized. The way, why don't we do that, guys? Look, it's it's very easy for a white cop to get a description of a black man. You pull over what you think's him. You stop him. The guy gets a little confrontational, going, why are you doing this to me or whatever? Hey, tell him what you're doing. Hey, I've been, somebody called us, said that someone that fit in your description did this. Can you tell me where you were? What were you doing? They said you had a gun. But then once it's over, it's over. Stop. Apologize. Let the guy go. You don't have to then. You know what? They never asked me for my license and insurance, and I've thought this now since the George Floyd thing. Had it been a black man that got pulled over in my situation, I don't know that they wouldn't have gone ahead and asked for his license and insurance. You know that? They, that's, a, that's, an honest, that's an honest assessment. Guys, I'm not some liberal left wing. I'm not. I'm a, I'm, I am a down the middle. I've got conservative views. I've got some more liberal views on things. I've got some conservative views on certain fiscal things. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of all over the place. But that's a real question to ask. Would that have, same thing have happened to a black man? I don't know. And it, and it really gets me thinking about it. I, you know, I think of another thing, too. And this is, this is I see this happening i go into walmart to grab lunches sometimes because i like to get these i'm trying to lose weight because i'm a fat guy and i I get these fruit cups and stuff to eat and i'll go in there and i'll do it or i'll buy anything in a target or walmart and walmart always has the people at the end they like to check your your receipt and to make sure you know that you've got what you said and all of that you've all seen it coming out of a walmart guys i don't care if it's a white or a black person It, it could be a black american too working the the exit when they come out for some reason, when they look at me, they never ask for my... I always have it out. They just wave me on. That's that's another systemic sign of that. Either either check all of our receipts or don't check all of our, all of our, all of our receipts. You know, that's a whole other thing that I said. So, okay, I'm going to get off my, my, my basket here for a second and get back into to, to the, to the sports thing of it. The reason I think that we need the sports. I want to the Floyd family to know it doesn't matter that he had some history with the police I I totally feel for your family he should have never been killed he should be if anything if he had passed a bad $20 bill he should have maybe been processed been out done whatever but that should not be a dead man right now sorry it shouldn't I don't care I don't care if you commit a crime in at all 
It should all be tried to be, you should all be arrested if you've done something bad without bloodshed. That's the way I feel about it. Unless it's deemed necessary and your life is in danger. And believe me, I know that happens. I mean, we've had some police officers now killed. But I think what we need to do is what me and Madison did. And me and Madison opened a dialogue. And I hope all of us open a dialogue. And this is why I've come to this point of this. We need baseball. We need baseball. I'm telling you to the owners, and I am telling you to the Players Association, you guys need to put your – and I, I do not cuss a lot. And I, and I try not to. I'm a, I'm a, I am a believer in Jesus Christ. That's my beliefs. I am a Christian man. Doesn't mean I'm not immune to saying cuss words or having you know things just because we're all flawed and all of that. But to the major league owners and to the players, you know what? Nobody gives a shit. Get over it. You need to come together. You need to figure out a way that we can get baseball back on the air. That'll lead the way to football, basketball. You know, football, basketball, hockey, they've all come to an agreement on how to do this. They know that we as Americans need it. Players, yes, you're not going to make as much money. Um, Owners, if you really think that you're going to go broke, you need to open your books and show people. And if one side can't trust the other, that's fine. We're going into a CBA next year, and this is going to be a huge problem. We're going into the CBA, and you guys can't trust each other. If you shut down baseball in 2020, I can guarantee you, I've already said I think the players will get the blame, and it's obvious the owners are a big part of the problem too, but baseball itself, to the owners, you're screwed. I'm telling you right now, you think 94 was bad? You think 94 was bad when you guys ended a season in 1994 because of your stubbornness and lockout and all of that, we didn't have a World Series, and it took forever to get baseball back on the on the map that, after that happened. If you think that was bad, think about it now when people are hurting, people are at home, they're not they they don't they they've taken pay cuts, they're being furloughed, they've lost their jobs. They don't want to hear a baseball player say, well, if I don't get my full pro-rate amount, they don't care. They're saying, you know what, I had to take a pay cut. Why can't you? And to the owners, they want to, you know what they're saying? If you're going so broke, if you're going to be poor, show me. Show me that you're going to be poor if these players can't get their at least pro-rated amount and do that. So both sides of you need to get over yourselves, and you need to get this shit done. And excuse my French, but that's the way I feel right now. I'm pissed off at baseball right now and what you are putting everyone through. Now, this is for me as a baseball fan. We need sports together because you know what I want to do? I want to argue with fans of the Ranger Nation podcast. I want to argue with you about why I'm defending Ruggy Odor or why I'm defending uh, John Daniel. That's a funner thing to argue about because we all can sit down and still have a beer afterwards. Nobody feels threatened. Nobody feels bad on this. That's that's a whole new situation, and that's what we got to fight about. We got to fight about your team sucks and my team's great, or that player sucks and I'm defending him. In football, the Cowboys are great. This team sucks. In basketball, Luka's the best player, the best shooting guard. Uh, who's better, LeBron or Jordan? Those are arguments we need to have right now. But we need to have them with basketball going on, with hockey going on, football about to kick in. But you know who needs to start it all up? Baseball. And you have been the longest-running sport in America, and you are about to ruin it. And I'm telling the owners and the players, 
and the players. If baseball shuts down, you're not going to get the money that you want anymore because baseball is not going to be the sport that it was anymore. I have already been told by many baseball fans, I'm done. If they don't get baseball going, I won't come back this time. And I won't get dragged back in. Now, I know a lot of you think, well, we'll see. But I tell you what, as owners, you're going to lose money if those stadiums aren't at least half full when you're, tra- when you're doing that. So you guys better wake the hell up and get the deal done. And you better get it done quick. <clears throat> a 50-game season isn't bad, guys. An 80-game season isn't bad, guys. A 114-game season isn't bad, guys. All right? So you need to come to a conclusion and get it right. Players want 114. Owners want 50. Well, then you know what? Well, let's meet in the middle and do the 80 game or whatever we're going to do. But this has got to get done. And you guys got to get over yourself because what you are is you're a bunch of pompous assholes right now on both sides. Ownership, you look stupid. You look stupid that you would allow this game to get to where it is, that you can't concede a little bit and do that. And players, you know what? You look greedy. You look greedy because people are saying, you make all this money to play a game and you can't concede a little bit. You both look like idiots. You look like fools. So get it together and get the game going. Have a little, you know what, I, I, if I were the players and the owners, if the owners want to get this done, go, you know what, if, if you will take the pay cut and know that we'll give you at least guaranteed 50% and try to do a revenue share, we promise you, on the 2021 CBA, we'll put in a writing right now that a that a um, salary cap is off the table. It is off the table. There's a solution right there. And the players should be willing to go, okay, if you're going to put it in writing and sign that we're not going to have a salary cap in the, in the CBA, which is what the owners want more than anything, they want a salary cap. And I don't believe in that. I'm sorry, I don't believe in a salary cap. I don't think there should be a salary cap. I think that you should be allowed to pay a player whatever you think. We are not in the biggest market. Yes, the Yankees can go buy more players than others. They have put somewhat of a salary cap on it by the luxury tax. But I totally believe that you should be able to pay a player what you want to pay her. And if a player can go down the road and get more money, that's that's that gummit. That's capitalism. That's what this world's built on. So don't try to give me your salary cap and cap off it. People are worth what they're worth. You pay them what they're worth, and that's how it goes. If they can go somewhere else and get more money, that's on you for not paying them. If you feel that strongly that they're not worth a certain amount of money, then you let them walk down the road and get where they can get more. It's not your deal. I'm sorry to be venting. I'm sorry to be ranting on Major League Baseball, but they are screwing this thing up right now, and I'm getting pissed off at at, at them. I'm really getting mad. If they don't have a season, this is on baseball. And I'll continue to cover them because I love baseball. And I'll come back when it comes back. I'm not one that will bail out on them. But I don't blame the ones that are going to. And I do this for a side gig. I do this where I have credentials and I get to get close to players and management and get around them. And they're all decent people. Now, I don't know Ray Davies and the ownership group. I've met them. I don't know them. I don't know, you know, they could literally be serious that, hey, this is going to kill us. We don't have the money there. I mean, our other business is oil and gas, and that's suffering right now. But, you know, we've got this going on. We're getting hit on both sides. Open up your dadgum books and show me. Show me that it's going bad. And if we can see that it's really going bad, we can go, you know what? All right, let's get this rolling to get the the money flowing again. And that's what we need. That's what we need to do. We need baseball back, guys. 
That's all I'm going to talk about today. We need baseball back. It's a shorter one. It's not one of my longer ones. But I figured I ought to say it. If you disagree with me, let me know. If you agree with me, let me know. If you're never going to follow me again, go at it. That's what this country's made on. That's what it's about. If you think I've become a left-wing snowflake, okay, then I'm a left-wing snowflake. I guarantee I've got probably more conservative credentials than a lot of you in certain instances. But you know what? We, if we're not willing to sit down and talk about it just like baseball should, you know how you get things done? You start a dialogue. Let's get in a room and stare at each other and hammer it out. Let's get in a room with a friend of yours that's of a different color, and let's let's air it out. Let's do it what, the way Madison and I did, the way, the way we aired it out. And she thanked me for asking questions, and I thanked her for answering them. And that's the way that this world needs to run right now because I'm telling you right now, there's no reason for us to hate each other at all. This is about love, man. This is the greatest country in the world. Yes, it's got its black marks. And yes, it's got its horrible things that it's done to people in the world. And that's happened before. But that's not now. Right now, we can make it better. We can all get together and make this world better. And baseball, y'all can get together and give us a season so that we can have something to, to, to argue about that's, that, that is easy to argue about. Let's argue about who should be playing left field. Why do they still have so-and-so in the rotation? How come they don't have so-and-so running the two, uh, you know, for the Mavericks to, to, to help out? It would flow better, you know. <clears throat> Why didn't they sign Dak? Dak's worth this much money. Who are we going to get to play tight end? You know, that kind of stuff. Who, who's the new captain of the Stars? Why don't they have so-and-so in goal? That's what we need right now. We need to be arguing sports and have sports going on while we try to open up this country. Guys, I appreciate everyone listening to you. If you follow me, follow me at Ranger Nation Pod, at Ranger Nation Pod. You can go to Dallas Sports Nation for anything I write, at Dallas Sports Nation. At, uh, if you go on Twitter, they're at DAL Sports Nation. If you want to go to the website, it's www.dalsportsnation.com. Um, that's Dallas Sports Nation. I wrote a thing about the draft. I did a mock draft the other day. Uh, the draft is coming up on June 10th. It's this coming up Wednesday. Uh, they're going to do five rounds. That's it. I have the Rangers going with a uh, going with Garrett Mitchell, the, the center fielder from UCLA. He is picked as the sixth best, best prospect in two different uh, publications, uh, MLB Pipeline and Baseball America. Both have him as the number six prospect. So if he were to fall – to the Rangers at 14, it would be a coup for them. Um, but the, there's a lot that do. One, one publication has the Rangers getting him. Another has him falling to 16. Um, I think that the Rangers are going to go with college just for the fact that if the minor leagues are going to decrease, if the minor leagues are not going to have as many teams, maybe they want a little more established player that is going to come out of this. Guys, that's it. We're out of here. Thank everyone for listening. Like I say at the end of everything I write, and every one of these, nerd out.